0: Welcome to another podcast from Five Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Tim Hall. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Well, hello folks, how are you? It's a warm welcome in a cold city at the moment, isn't it? It's a bit chilly. How many love Melbourne? I was actually born in Bendigo, Victoria. Anyone, anyone born in Bendigo? Anyone from Bendigo? I've got 10,000 bucks for anyone that was born in Bendigo. <laughs> oh, there's a whole lot. Yeah, well, too late. Um, I like you guys. I met Alex first, didn't I, Alex? And then, uh, then Dan. And uh, I was like, here's some people that have got some get up and go. They're actually a bit daring. A few people actually want to get off their uh, blessed assurance. And, uh, and do something for God. It, it, a bit of a wild crew, aren't you? You sort of feel like, not exactly, you know, very posh, like, hello. <laughs> I don't, just sort of like, yeah, hello, how are you? Lovely to have you with us in church there. Just don't get too excited. <laughs> no, I met uh, one of the brothers out there. We took football firstly and... And then John O, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. He's a good man, John. He is. We had some fun, didn't we? hmm. Well done. Thank you, guys. Dan, Chelsea. God's going to do something this morning. And I, I do thank you for having me. Can I show you just a short video of what we do? Then I want to talk to you for a minute, and then I want to stir you. Then I want to lay hands on you. And then we'll have a break, and then we'll do the same again. And then tonight we'll just go for, go for broke. We will just tonight could go on into the early hours of the morning. People may and when Paul was preaching at midnight, a guy went to sleep and fell out the window and died. <laughs> so that can't happen here. It's not high enough, but you never know. no windows. Just have a look at this. We'll just show you what we do. Just, you probably, who's never met me before? Who never knew I existed? Pretty humbling, I've been around for years. <laughs> I got off Noah's Ark, I was one of the first off. I was off the Ark pretty early, I stow away, I stow away on it. Alright, let's have a quick look. For 40 years we have had the thrill of travelling to the nations of the earth. As we travelled nation by nation we've seen the power of God poured out upon multitudes of people what an absolute joy it's been to stand and look out over a hundred thousand people and see waves of the glory of God coming upon them to see the spirit of the Lord come like a wave and people crashing under the power of God healed and delivered and, and the most miraculous miracles happen It's been the case year after year. Church and grounds and stadiums and football fields. And the whole time God has shown up again and again and again, never letting us down. But you know, that's yesterday. Yesterday's gone. It's the future that counts right now. Our passion now is to step out and see the greatest move of the Spirit of God we've ever dreamed. To see the power of God poured out upon multitudes of people like never before to see stadiums filled to capacity with people turned away to see the greatest miracles we've ever seen wheelchairs emptied on mass and God demonstrating something in these coming years beyond anything that we've dreamed I'm looking ahead I had a prophecy recently that said this Tim what you've seen in 20 years God is gonna reproduce within the next three and greater. In the next three years, you'll see more, more numbers of people, greater miracles, greater signs, and greater wonders than you've seen in the last 20 years. Believe with us as we set out now to touch nation after nation. Jesus said this, he said, I am able to do in your life exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything you could ask, think, dream or even imagine because of the power that right now is at work within you. This is our day. Fasten our seatbelts because we're entering into a season unlike anything in world history. I am excited. These are the greatest days. These are the days that we were born for. Praise God. Well, that's a bit of what we do, and I've uh, been doing it for years. Still doing it. Someone says, how, do, how come you keep going? Well, I don't know what else to do. What would you do? Retire. Retire and buy, get a Volvo and, and a cat. And, and sit at home and do the Sudoku and, uh, you know, get up in the morning and have a cappuccino and do the, what would you do that for? Why would you stop preaching while you still got breath? I mean, I, I heard a man preaching about, about uh, Samson catching the foxes, caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, which is a bit inhumane. The Bible's full of inhumanity. People get very excited about the Bible. Ooh, the terrible thing that was happening there. (laughs) Well, that's what he did. He got the foxes, tied their tails together, lit their tails, and they ran. He was in trouble with the uh, RSPCA, but that didn't matter. But, you know, it didn't matter if the fox was really old. An old fox with an eye missing, an ear cut off, mange, a leg missing, maybe a couple of legs missing. But when you tied the tail to another fox and you lit the tail, I don't care how old that fox is, he'll run. might only have one eye, he'll run. Might be ancient, might have mange, he'll run. And you say, hmm? All right, let me try and explain it. You may be quite old, you might only have one eye, one leg. But when your behind gets set on fire by the power of God, you'll run. You'll run. You'll run under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You're running the power of the Holy Ghost. By the way, bro, stand up, please. Brother with that hair. Stand up. Yeah, I want to have a look. Turn around. Yep, that's how I'm getting mine done. Exactly like that. Well done. Well done. I've been waiting to get the right hairstyle to copy. That's the one. (laughs) Hairstyle of the day. Give the man a clap quickly, please. Coming up, can I advertise something? Coming up July 2nd to the 6th, we have a training school. Have we got a short video? It is short, isn't it? We haven't got it. We're doing a training school for five days. I want to teach everything I know about evangelism, power evangelism, how to move in the Holy Ghost. There are brochures outside. It runs from a Monday night, all day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the whole thing is geared to people that want to do mission trips, that want to move in the spirit, and it would be ideal preparation for what's coming uh, with Awake and everything else. So <coughs> by all means, grab a brochure out there, Mel will be out there, stand up Mel, this is Mel, and she'll talk to you. All right, I'm going to move quickly, very quickly, and, and share with you for a few minutes I want to share personally, it wasn't what I was going to share this morning, I had something else I was going to share, but as I was watching that this morning, God stirred it again, and um, late last year, I was really pretty close to had it, you've heard me share this a couple of times, Mel, so you can have a sleep now, you can relax, you need to have a sleep, I'm I was going to save you by preaching something a little different, but I, this is what the, the Lord's been speaking to me about, so I'm going to share exactly where I'm at. And the Lord said, well, I, I actually got to the end of last year, sort of into December, and I, I was gone. We had we'd just done four big crusades. We'd had a large crusade in New Guinea. We'd followed that up with our third year in Vanuatu. Vanuatu was amazing. We, we went in three straight years and... Uh, finished up with crowds, the biggest crowds we had were nearly about 18,000 out of the 46,000 in the city and uh, the whole nation was impacted for three years, we had quite a move of God, we went into the Philippines and then followed that up, we had the Hillsong London Band, we went into India, invested about $80,000 which uh, people say where does it come from, we just dare to believe all the time, we're believing for finance, have you discovered the joy of constantly, people think we're in this for the money and they say you always ask them for money Duh, we, we can't do anything without it how many know you can't do anything without it? nothing and so I was pretty tired and cooked and sick of aeroplanes and people think it must be an exciting life going through airports let me tell you I think of airports and I begin to manifest demonically I hate airports, I hate them I got off the plane the other day, and it was about a 15 or 20 minute walk, and I had a bit of a sore knee, and I must have been limping a little bit, and the lady said, sir, do you need assistance? <laughs> Maybe, why is that? It's a very long walk to, where you, to your thing. She said, how far?" She said, 20 minutes. So said, I think I need assistance. She said, I'll get a wheelchair. And I, I actually allowed them to wheel me, hoping I wouldn't see anybody, because I didn't want to do the 20-minute walk. No, I did. Healing evangelist. Wheeled. Got out, and they said, do you want help at the other end? No, I said, no, I think I'll be right. I think I'll be right. But thanks for the lift. Flicked them a $20 tip and rode on. But the Lord spoke to me, and he said, and I said, God, i I'm cooked. Just going through the, just doing this thing. Ministry, ministry, ministry. (laughs) Ever been there? Know the feeling? Get up in the morning and you go, (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that feeling? And you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? You've got idiot situations confronting you that are so illogical with some person that if you weren't a Christian, you'd actually change the shape of their nose. You'd just go, but you're not allowed. You have people confronting you and you go, Father, just let me be backslidden for about five minutes and just just let me call in a couple of friends. We just uh, ring a couple of old acquaintances from the old days to sort the problem out. You can't do it. But I was at it and I said, Lord, and the Lord said to me, go into the book of Revelation, and I went into the situation there at Ephesus, and the Lord said to the church at Ephesus, and he began to talk to me, and he talked from the book, and he said, I know your works, and he said, you're working hard, and I said, yeah, I am, and I got a bit emotional, he said, you're patient, I said, yeah, I'm patient, I'm 70 this year, and I'm working harder than I was at 30 by about twice, and in fact, in fact, it's insane. We, the last uh, seven or eight weeks, I think I've been in my own bed four nights or five nights in the last couple of months. Would be about right, Mel? That'd be something like that? Sorry, my wife's not here. She was, uh, she's tangled up counselling or doing some crazy thing. Some ridiculous thing she's got planned. And so the Lord said, you're patient. You want the real but I got something against you. I said, what is it, Lord? He said, you've lost your first love. You've lost that intimacy. You've lost the intimacy, that that intimate place where it's not about ministry. It's not even about, it's about that sharp, intimate sense of him with you and on you and over you and around you and exciting you, where you're excited to get up in the morning, not not when you get up and go, low the morn, or your wife says, mow the lawn, which, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I haven't even got a lawn. We live in an apartment, you come running in the front door, if you're not careful, you're over the balcony, <laughs> in the docklands, it's a nice place, it's a box with a fantastic view. But the Lord said to me, I want you to take hold of me afresh. I want you to go back to where you first were as a young Christian. Now as a young man in the ministry I gave, my first year I fasted two and three days a week, did a 10 day water fast once a month. In my first year I fasted over six months of the year, prayed five hours a day and I was pastoring after 12 months. Had no idea what I was doing, didn't do it very well but all I knew was you prayed and fasted and cried out to God, and stuff happened, despite you, despite you, God's still doing stuff despite me, my wife doesn't even know how God uses me, she said if I was God, all that would be there on the floor would be two shoes with steam coming out of them, that'd be it, no but she does love me, she's mentioned that a couple of times, (coughs) so I said okay, and I took three months, and for three months, my, my favourite spot in Victoria, in South Australia, my favourite spot was the Flinders Ranges. I used to go up there as a young man and get out there into a place called Rawnsley's Bluff. I had an angelic visit there when I was 15. And uh, I used to go out there, and I've been out there many times, 10 days, 15, 20 days, right up in the northern Flinders, and, and uh, just locked away with God. I used to go in a tent. Now I try and find an air-conditioned... Four-star cabin, something up there. Probably not going to find five, but the nearest you can get. And, and hardship these days is slow room service. Um, back in the old days, we did it hard. We slept on the ground and went out and sought God, snakes and scorpions trying to kill us. And so every day, now I go out to Mount Macedon. And I'm glad I'm home because my passion is to start getting out there again in the mornings and uh, so I was going out four and five hours a day for the three months, just crying out to God, wanting something, wanting something. And he said, I don't just want you to come for prayer, but I want you to come into the throne room. He said, I want you to move your prayer. And I've always, always endeavoured to be a, a throne room dweller rather than a token prayer warrior. He said, I want you to come into the, the place where eternal decisions are made. I want you to come into the place where the Father turned to the Son and said, let's make a universe. The Father turned to the Son, the Holy Spirit, and said, the day of Pentecost has fully come. Get ready now to go. He said, I want you to come with bold access in there because I want to do something with you in there. You see, wherever we spend our time, We catch what's in that place. If we spend our time with dead Christians that are just full of negativity and garbage, we'll catch that. If we get around people full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, with a fire in their belly, with something down in their gut, we'll catch it. Someone say, we'll catch that. We'll catch that. How many want to catch that? How many want that? I want that. And he said, if you come into the throne room and spend time and you consciously, I said, Lord, that's what I want to do. And he said, you know you're already there, don't you? I said, well, Ephesians 2 says that. We're quickened together, we're raised together, we're joined and seated with him together in heavenly places, far above all rule, principality, power and dominion. We're already there. He's in us and we're in him. Is that true? Yes? But then he says you have bold access into the throne room by the blood of Jesus. So if we're already there, why do we need to have bold access? Well, I think the Lord's saying to us we are in spirit in the throne room. However, a, if we want to consciously go into that place, then we can consciously come in through the blood of Christ. And I think we, God is wanting us to be people consciously going in there. Because, see, when we get in there, we'll start to catch what's in there. And I started to do a, a study of, of the throne room. It's a fantastic study. Maybe I'll even get my notes out here. That'll be handy. Someone say, get your notes. They're always handy. Pretty useless but handy. But you know you get in the throne room and I start to look at some of the, some of the people in the scriptures that have been in the throne room. I, I read of Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his throne filled the temple and he begins to ascribe the holiness and the awe of the throne room and then Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 1, he was down by the river Cheba with the captives and he saw a cloud coming from the north and as the cloud came, it was a cloud in which there was infurled fire and out of the fire came lightnings and as he got nearer and nearer into this fiery, lightning-encrusted, explosive cloud of power, he was taken to the throne room and he saw the Lord as burning bronze sitting on the throne. And Moses went up onto the mountain. The Bible says that when he... When he looked, it was covered in fire and smoke and he could hear the thunderings and the roarings and he was sore afraid, but he crossed the boundary and went up into the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. He went up there several times. When he came down, his face shone with a glory, reflected glory. It's a place of lightning and fire. Jesus himself is a blaze of fire. Ezekiel describes him as blazing bronze from the waist down. burnished bronze over him. A rainbow that is as a burning fire. Daniel says out from under the throne flows liquid fire. A flood of liquid fire. We read of uh, John the beloved. God said to him, John. In the book of Revelation chapter 4, John, come up here and see what is about to happen. And he took him up into the throne room and he began to see the glory of the throne room. The Lord spoke to me. he said, you come and you spend time in the throne room. See, we're not looking for God's things. We're looking for Jesus. But if we spend time in the throne room with him, will catch who he is. And so the characteristics of the throne room and the characteristics of what will take place in our lives if we spend more and more time in the intimate place with him and that's where he's drawing us. That's, it's out of that place that the anointing comes to touch the nations of the earth. The throne room is the holiest place on earth. The throne room is the holiest place on the earth, in the universe. It's not a place you come walking into with a, a Cuban cigar hanging out of the mouth, a bottle of Jack in the hand, and an illicit relationship under your arm. It's a place you come with clean hands. What a beautiful baby. Clean hands. A pure heart. By the blood of Christ. One of the things missing in the body of Christ, is several things missing in the body of Christ right now. As I travel and I watch the church, and at times I shudder because right now the world is in such critical shape and uh, we have everything moving towards... Uh, at a very rapid rate into a one-world system, so rapid right now. Opposition like never, like I have never seen. California, where they're wanting to shut the Bible down as a hate book. That'll come. Right, you. you a pretty big march through Melbourne if they try. They'd have to prise my Bible out from my dead hands. That's using the gun law thing. But see, God's saying it's time for the church to rise. It's time for us to catch everything that's in the throat. I've got to move. I've got to move quickly. But the word, I think the word, there's something in the word this morning to grab. It's a place of absolute holiness, it's a place of fire. We spend time in the throne room and it's not long before we catch a holy fire. Still, we, As they beheld Peter and John and recognised they were unlearned and ignorant men, they took note. They'd been with Jesus. Because there's a boldness and a fire. A fire that'll burn in our bellies. We, we need a holy fire. There, I feel, man, we're going to have a meeting tonight. There's a meeting on tonight. We, we might have time to squeeze a bit of a meeting in this morning. It's tight. But we'll get there. Nice hat. Tight. Do you know the place is so, the throne room is so holy that the seraphim, the burning ones, fly around the throne room, six wings. They flash around, the, the burning fiery ones, the seraphim, the seraphs. The impart part means plurality, six wings. With two they shield their eyes because they can't. Look at his divine glory, I don't think. And yet you and I are able to gaze into the glory. No veil. With two they cover their feet. Because I guess they can't land with their feet into the liquid fire. But you and I have bold access to come into the throne room and wade in through the liquid fire until it gets in our feet and it gets in our legs and it gets in our body until something begins to come on us that you can't even describe. There's a fire of the Holy Ghost it's a place of thundering and God speaks, there's a thundering I don't know about you, I listen to a lot of preaching and there's an awful lot of preaching that's really good stuff, great points great thoughts well put together but I don't hear a lot of preachers Thundering, thundering with something that shakes the whole realm of the Spirit. It's a place of lightning. We spend time there. We'll catch those lightning fires. My Bible says they came to John the Baptist and said, John, are you the one? He said, no, I'm not. They said, you're mightily anointed. You, people are coming for, aren't you the anointed one? He said, no, there's one coming after me. He said, I indeed baptize you in water for the remission of sins, but there's one coming after me, and he will immerse you and soak you in the Holy Ghost and Fire which is well translated as lightning fire. Did you know what the temperature is approximately of a flash of lightning? It's over 48,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about five times the heat of the sun. And God says, out of you will flash lightnings of the living God. And they'll burn. And i tell you how hot they are. It's the heat that was on Jesus in the fiery furnace. Seven times hotter than the hottest furnace they could... Muster blazing. flashes of lightning fire. Lightning disrupts and scatters. God wants us alive with an anointing that when it's thrown in amongst, amongst people, it scatters devils and it scatters disease. and I'm going to close with this. John G. Lake. Great man of God. John G. Lake, he would pray that the lightning fires of God would flash into disease and he would pray, Lord, let your lightning fires flash and burn this thing out. A man came into the meeting, one of his meetings, with a massive typhoid sore on his belly about 10 inches across and As Lake took one look at it he laid his hands on that thing and said in the name of Jesus burn it out by the fires of God and it vanished but they couldn't explain a burning handprint, painless burn mark, the exact shape of his hand that stayed there for days. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one, or other resources and information, you can check out our website at firechurch.com.au.